Friends. Friends. Hi, guys. Welcome. I'm so glad you came to chapel today. Thanks for not using a skip. What percentage of chapel speakers start out like that? Sorry, that's just me. Uh, I am just honored real quick. I have my family here. Could you, if you're part of my big family, could you stand up over here? I have my wife, Kristen, and other people. And my dad is here. Sensei is an adopted member into our family. I'm just so, and you know what? I have some of my college roommates that surprised me. They came all the way back here. Paul, Lance, could you guys stand up and just say, hey, wow, wow. The amount of grace that God has given those guys to tolerate me, it's just a blessing that we still have a relationship. Um, anyway, what a joy to be here, you guys. I get to represent Children's Ministry as, as the speaker today and talking about how important it is to reach the next generation, kids and youth. And since I'm a kids pastor, I brought a friend. I didn't know if I would have any friends. So just as a backup plan, I brought my own friend, and he lives right over there. Let me just see if I can go get His name is Ogre. Let me just go see if I can get him real quick. It's nice. My friend Ogre lives in a mobile home. It's very mobile. Um, so before you enter anybody's house, you should always knock. So just one second. Ogre, are you in there? Ogre. Ogre, what are you doing? I'm nervous. Okay, well, while he's working out his feelings, um, I'm, a, I'm a ventriloquist. I worked on being a ventriloquist, and so this is my puppet or dummy, and this might be the first dummy that's ever spoken in chapel. Haven't you still cured the floor? Okay, <laughs> okay no. Ogre, this is my first time speaking in chapel. What are you doing? When I get nervous, I bite my nails. Ogre, those are your toenails. What do you expect? I'm an ogre. <laughs> I think that's a little gross. Oh, yeah? You talk about gross? You should see my big brother. Your big brother? Why is he gross? Well, just the other day, he swallowed some Axe body spray. He swallowed Axe body spray? Why did he do that? For the ladies, he wanted to have an accent. Ogre. Ogre. All right. All right. Ogre. In speaking of ladies, uh... okay. Okay, stop that. Uh... Ogre, what are you doing? Just hanging out. Okay, just get back over there. He wants to impress the ladies, but I thought you had a girlfriend. Not anymore. But didn't you say that you had a girlfriend? We broke up. You broke up? Yeah, she was a knockout, though. She was a knockout? She was that pretty, huh? No, she was a doctor. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, so why did you break up? Because she was weird. Why was she weird? Because she wore those hair curlers. Ogre, a lot of girls wear hair curlers. Yeah, but on their legs... Oh, 
That is really gross. Well, Ogre, today we're talking about the importance of ministering to kids. Oh, kids are so important. Did you know Jesus loves them mostest? I, I think he loves kids so much. And so we're going to be talking about that. So I need to let you go because we have a lot to get through. Not yet. Why not? Because I had to sing a song. <laughs> Ogre. Hurry. Okay, what song are you going to sing? The ABCs. Oh, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Ogre, that's actually a, a challenging song. No, it's not. Yes, it is, because the ventriloquist has to, you know, enunciate every single vowel in the consonant of the entire alphabet. It's kind of a hard one, and so... Don't worry about it. You're not singing. I am. Ogre, I might not be singing, but I definitely have a hand in this, okay? So, all right, go ahead, go ahead. Pastor, then he taught me that on the. <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. What are you doing? I'm just trying to figure out if people watching her think you're schizophrenic. <laughs> yeah, that would be hard. You are doing a great job. I don't know how you're doing this, but God bless you. Okay, uh, okay, okay. I think it's. Listen, listen. Watch. Go ahead. Multiple personalities. He is legion. No, I'm not. Watch. Go ahead. Sing this. Sing this song, Ogre. We got to get going. Here we go. Okay. Uh, uh. A B C D E F G H I J K L N L P Q R S T U V W X Z. Now I know my ABCs. Down with the Packers and go Vikings. I just want to apologize, Pastor Vinny, for that last part. That was not scripted. That was, wow. Today, we are talking about how to magnify the Lord, how to magnify the Lord. We have some uh, magnifying glasses for you as a little keepsake memento. If you do not have one of those, we have some for you at the very end of service. You can check those out um, right now. I just want to let you know that Jesus loves kids so much. The reason I got into kids' ministry was because I had a kids' pastor that took me with him and said, hey, I want to teach you things like juggling. I want to teach you puppets so we can tell other kids about Jesus. I grew up helping out in the church nursery. Dude, I put a dent in those goldfish, man. It was like... <laughs> They're for the kids. They're for the kids, but just one more. Anyway, uh, I was that kid. Uh, so, uh, but learning how to love these little kids to Jesus, I learned at a young age because a kid's pastor said, hey, come on with me. Come with me. I want to challenge us. I think as the church, we preach often about the importance of discipleship, but it's, I, I truly feel that it's impossible to disciple without proximity. It's easy to tell people, you should read your Bibles. You should tell others about Jesus. But it's a lot harder to say, hey, come with me. Let's do it together. So there's no such thing as discipleship without proximity. I just want to challenge you that. Walk with somebody on their faith journey. 
I want to talk about what did Jesus say when it came to working with kids. We grew up in a church that had a strong vision for, to reach kids. And by the way, my kid's pastor felt a call of God to be a senior pastor. And this pastor, he was my kid's pastor for 10 years. And then he's also, I moved with this family. I was so connected to this family because he was my dad that I moved with him. You know, they moved a lot, but I found them every time. Sorry, that was a bad joke. Um, and my dad called, my dad got called to be a senior pastor in Princeton, Minnesota. And we've had one focus. My dad put a vision, i uh, sorry, God put a vision on my dad to reach kids in youth. We've had one vision as a church for now 26 years in Princeton, Minnesota. We've seen God grow a church of 25 people to 1,200 people in a town of 4,000. It's unreal what God has been doing. God gets all the credit, all the glory, but there's a power and a consistent vision to say we're going to reach kids because kids are often overlooked. Even in all the, uh, the gospels, the feeding of the 5,000, I, I crack up every time. When I study this story, um, the gospel writers of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the feeding of the 5,000 is in all four gospels, but only in the book of John do they give credit to where the lunch came from. They said it was from a little boy. I'm thinking three out of the four gospel writers just completely overlooked the sacrifice and the importance that kids can play in the kingdom of God. Jesus had some powerful things to say about reaching kids. First is this, what did Jesus have to say about kids? He says, kids have great faith. Jesus said, I'm protective of my kids. Jesus says, kids are important to me. He also says, the church should help kids grow. We're going to play a little game. Kids have great faith. I'm going to read this. I might pause on a word of scripture, and I want you, audience participation, to say it with me as we read this scripture together. Here we go. We are going to read the next scripture that will be on the screen right now. Matthew 18, 1 through 4, at the time the disciples came to, saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a, he put him in the midst of them and said, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever himself like this is the in the kingdom of heaven. You just wonder who's in that audience, all these incredible teachers, leaders. And Jesus says, you want to be great? All right, hey, 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 come here, little buddy. This person has great faith. Y'all need to be like them. It's like, oh, huh? Interesting. Kids have so much faith. Have you ever seen a kid when they're, I had great faith growing up, when my dad would set me on the counter and he'd just go like this and he'd say, jump, I'm like, he only dropped me a couple times, but I am so thankful. I had great faith that my dad was going to catch me every time. Kids just don't question God. They're like, God heals. God's awesome. God loves me. Kids have such a simple faith, and that's what Jesus was saying. If you want to be great, be like a kid. Kids have great faith. Next, Jesus is very protective of kids. Let's read this together. Whoever receives one such in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be in the depth of the sea. Whoa! 
pretty harsh words for anyone that would cause one of Jesus' kids to stumble. Kids are important, but adults have a hard time seeing that. Mark 10, 13 through 16. Let's read this passage. Check this out. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the come to me. Do not them. <laughs> Sorry. Great job. Great job. That was just a test. You passed. All right. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child should not enter it. And he took them in his arms, and he blessed them, laying his hands on them. He just wondered these moms, these dads, pushing past the crowd, saying, if my child could just have a touch from Jesus, it's worth everything. It's worth being embarrassed. Excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. Think of the crowds But think of the desperation from these parents to say, I just want my child to experience Jesus. It's so worth it. Jesus loves kids. The church should help kids grow. After Peter denied Jesus three times, Peter meets with him on the shore, kind of just the very similar call to when he first called him to follow him. He was on the shore saying, cast your nets on the other side. Peter came back. Jesus sat down with him with all his disciples, and the first thing, think about this, the first thing that Jesus says to him with this group setting is this, I want you to feed my lambs. Peter's going to build the church. He's going to be the rock that, I mean, Jesus is the cornerstone, but he's going to use Peter to build his church after he ascends into heaven. Some pretty powerful words would come next, and he's like, feed my lambs. Take care of my little ones. People new in the faith, young in the faith, take care of my kids. Jesus was challenging Peter, not just to feed the lambs, but to feed everybody. And so it's important that we all grow, but it's easy to overlook kids. Here's some key findings, all right? Here's some key findings. Because I have a short attention span, I just want to make sure that, did you find the key? Okay, there it is. All right, and next, that was just for me, and we are moving along. Did you know, kids pastor, I have a very short attention span. Did you know that 85% of people come to know Christ between the ages of 4 and 14? You talk about Jesus has some profound things. I think Jesus knew when kids latch on to faith, latch on to God, it is so powerful. It's so important. But we can overlook that so easily. 85%. Just to survey the room, how many of you asked Jesus to be the leader of your life between the ages of 4 and 14? Could you just raise your hands around this room? Yeah. Look around the room. If you're not raising your hand, I'm so thankful the Holy Spirit can crack any egg. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit can reach anyone, anytime. But statistically speaking, it's a big deal. Kids are so open to the gospel. The soil is so ready. Barna said this, that a person's spiritual foundation is basically set by age 13. What they die believing about God has not changed since age 13. So it's so critical for the church to say, how can we put our best resources? How can we put our best to reach these little ones? Because what they believe by age 13, they're going to die believing about God. And you guys, I just want to challenge everybody in the room real quick. Teenagers, college students, you guys have the most influence. Uh, I shouldn't say the most. You have insane influence with kids. How many of you ever told a kid that you like their shirt? What'd that kid do? 
and then proceed to wear that shirt for two weeks straight without washing it, right? You guys, you can literally see the power of your words in kids. It's life. We've all seen kids on sidelines, maybe on YouTube videos or at sports games. Also, when people use their words for death, you see a kid just cave in, put his head down. Kids are so susceptible to influence, and you have prime influence right now as a teenager. As a young person, they're looking up to you. Use your words and influence wisely. You can speak life over a kid that death might be in the balance. How will we respond to the need to raise a godly generation? Right now, I got something that each and every one of you got, but I found this one. I think this was my grandpa's or one like this that he had laying around with the newspapers. This is a... You guys are smart. That was pretty easy. But magnifying glass, yes, magnifying glass. Um, I remember lighting leaves on fire with my friend with one of these. He was a little bit meaner. He would, like, pretend to be God and destroy ant colonies. But, you know, um, magnifying glass... These help us to see lost things or overlook things. And they also, if brought in alignment, it's a powerful tool. Because with the sun, is the magnifying glass powerful? But what happens when it comes in alignment with the power of the sun? The power of the sun can go through it and bring power and energy to a point that can start fires. It's, it's a powerful thing with focus. The magnifying glass, once again, has zero power. It's when it comes in alignment with the sun. There's somebody in history named Mary. Mary, the future mother of Jesus. But when she was younger, when the angel told her that she'd be pregnant, she visits her cousin Elizabeth. And she was so excited as these two pregnant ladies were about ready to bring a child into this world. She gets home. And she just starts quoting scripture. Mary, a young woman, she almost quoted word for word a song in the Old Testament. And Luke, if you want to look it up, Luke chapter 146, Mary says these words. She says this, and my soul would magnify the Lord. That my soul would just magnify the Lord. She quotes almost word for word Hannah's song when she was pregnant with Samuel. When Hannah was saying, I'm barren, but if I have a child, I would dedicate my child to know Jesus. She didn't know it was Jesus at the time, but she said God probably. Okay, just to clarify. (laughs) The scholar's like, hmm, he just said. Anyway, Hannah was so excited to dedicate her son to God. Mary, so full of scripture, which tells me that Mary, as a young person, knew the word. She said, oh, that my soul would magnify the Lord. David in Psalm 34 also said that my soul would magnify the Lord. And I really feel to reach this next generation, we have to have a magnifying glass willing to say, I'm going to find lost things. And I'm going to magnify what needs to be seen. And right now, kids need to be seen. In the church, oftentimes, kids are, we just want them to be seen but not heard. Like, be quiet. Go in the basement. Our church is loud. It's chaotic. It's with all the baby strollers and carts. It's like the Indy 500 in the lobby trying to get to your classroom. It's messy, but it's awesome because our church says, we're going to fight for kids. This is a place for families. I have teenagers and leaders on our teams that say every week, we're going to serve in kids' ministry. We're going to tell kids that... 
they're loved not just by God, but us as the body of Christ. It's so shining, magnifying what needs to be found, magnifying what needs to be what's lost. Jesus, the mission statement of Jesus, found in Luke. After Zacchaeus, Jesus says something so profound. He says, but the Son of Man came to seek and to save the that's the mission statement of Jesus. He came to seek and to save the lost. Right now we have a generation of kids that are so waiting desperately to be found. Will you allow God with this little tiny magnifying glass reminder to say, God, help me to see kids in a fresh way. Help me not just to see them as loud, annoying. Who's gonna reach your little brothers and sisters? Who's in a fight for them? Saying that God sees you, so do we. Who's going to tell them that they're not the church of tomorrow, but they're the church of today? If it's not them, then it has to be us. We have to be willing. (laughs) Sorry. We have to be willing to see kids in a fresh way, to fight for them. Because I tell you, the church, it feels like sometimes we can miss it. But you know who does not miss it? Do you know who sees kids very vividly? The world. Do you know there's billion-dollar apps fighting for every waking moment of your little brothers and sisters? Did you know there's influencers on TikTok and YouTube bringing ideology, and kids oftentimes latch onto their first truth, the first thing they hear is true. You have a world fighting so feverishly for the hearts and minds and souls of kids. I think it's time for the church to wake up, to say we can't just stand by and say it's getting bad out there. How many feel that there's more pressure for kids growing up now than ever before? Raise your hand. How many feel the world is fighting harder for kids now more than ever before? Raise your hand. Okay, now put your hands down. Don't raise your hand for this one, but how many of you do you feel the church has matched that vigor, that intensity? We're so easily distracted. It's so hard to see the need for kids. But God is saying, kids are important to me. Jesus model, let them come to me. I see them. I want to protect them. I want to feed them. I want to grow them up. There's a great um, deal, Moody, one of the greatest evangelists the world has ever seen. In Chicago, he would win souls for Christ, walking down the sidewalks, telling businessmen and women about Jesus. And he said, after a day of evangelizing, he said, two and a half people came to know Jesus today. And his friend said, oh, cool, like, you mean like two adults and one kid? He said, no, 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 I mean two kids and one adult. You see that adult already burned half his life for the devil. These kids have their whole life to live for Jesus. So we need to see the importance of kids. Last quick story in history. Um, Nazi Germany had a rich heritage of uh, theologians. I mean, Germany was an amazing Christian nation for a long time, many years. I mean, it's, it's tough to say it was the entire nation. Hear my heart on this. There was a lot of theologians, a lot of awesome things that came out of Germany. Martin Luther, the Reformation. But World War I, the Treaty of Versailles happened, which crippled the German economy. It said they could not build military, and their economy and everything crumbled. And the people of Germany were so desperate to get back to the glory they once had as a nation instead of the God they once knew. And they elected an Adolf Hitler to lead them. Adolf Hitler started to have programs for children. 
Did you realize in 1933, 30% of every kid aged 10 to 18 was in the Hitler Youth Program? And by 1940, over 90% of all German kids aged 10 to 18 were in the Hitler Youth Program. Why? The textbooks in their schools were changed. Why? Key passages in scriptures and state churches were changed. Why? Because Hitler knew that it was easier to raise up a generation than it was to reach one. What would that look like today? Is Pastor Vinny's gonna come up. What would that look like today? To say, God, could you use us? to see kids in a fresh way. Not just to see, you know, whatever, but like help me to see into their eyes. Help me to see them as people that need you, Jesus. What would it look like to see kids? What would it look like to align ourselves in such a way that Jesus is seen through us, that we could truly say, Lord, may my soul just magnify you. One of my heart's cries is that people wouldn't say that Chris Pruitt's a nice guy. I want people to see Jesus in me. I want people to see that man knows Jesus. That man walks with Jesus. I could just tell it's not just, he's nice. I want to bring my life in alignment with him because that's where the power's at. That's where the power's at when we bring ourselves in alignment with Jesus that our souls would magnify the Lord to this next generation, that our souls would magnify the Lord so that lost people will be found. So, fathers, everybody stands up right now. God, could you forgive us for sometimes being so busy, maybe so distracted that we don't see needs? God, even gospel writers overlook the significance and importance of kids. And God, we just want to repent today to say, God, I'm sorry that I've missed it. God, even as a kid's pastor, sometimes I've missed it. I pray in a fresh way that you would just start to burden people in this room, that they would want to reach kids and youth for you, Jesus, that they would have a laser focus, that you would bring energy and power to reach lost kids and youth for you. God, could you please help us? We need your help. There's a whole generation that is waiting to hear the gospel, the little brothers and sisters in this room that need to know about Jesus, that Jesus loves them. So right now is a declaration, and I would love, even if God's not calling you, could you just join me in prayer? I pray all the time. I said the harvest is ready. That's what Jesus taught us to pray. Pray to the God of the harvest that he would send workers because they're few. Could you just take the next two minutes with me, maybe at your seat, maybe around these altars, but Pastor Vinny is going to just sing this simple song. Jesus loves me. It's one of the most classic children's songs. And could you just, for a couple minutes, pray with me that God would send workers to the next generation?